and welcome to the 38th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So last week, Verizon announced a pretty big shift in their promotional strategy for devices, and I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Specifically, they've gone down the same road as AT&T in the sense that they're now extending similar offers to new and existing customers. So if you're a new or existing customer of Verizon's, a new offer will give you up to $700 in credits for an iPhone trade-in and $800 in credits for an Android device trade-in. Roger, when AT&T did something similar in Q1, we saw their churn drop through the floor. But Verizon's churn has always been among the lowest in the industry. So what's the game plan here? Why are they doing this and why are they doing this now? Well, they're they're doing it now because AT&T is very successful with it. And they're doing it also because they need to make their numbers. But they're even a little bit more generous than than you mentioned because they're throwing in a $300 gift card on it as well, right? Right, for switchers, right? So there still is is a little bit of a better deal if you're willing to switch carriers. But I think what's notable and new about this is the fact that traditionally the best deals have been reserved for folks who move from one carrier to another. This is a pretty good deal for existing customers. Exactly. And you only have to bring a phone, not even one that works. But why is Verizon doing it? Well, they have to make the numbers. They promised to get revenue growth at GDP or GDP plus levels. And you only get that, A, if you keep your customers, B, if you are going to get them to higher price points, because the the catch here is you have to sign up for their premium unlimited. And, you know, you want to have new customers. Without this, they can't get their numbers straight. Right. So I think what's interesting here is that, you know, they have the entry unlimited plans, which you know, they advertise as $35 for four lines. Those don't qualify for these offers. And to get these offers, you have to pay at least, you know, on average about $10 more per line. And that really, you know, I think helps them bring their, their ARPU up over the long run, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it shows this heightened intensity in, in when it comes to competition. Ronan Dunn, who who is the CEO of the consumer group, was also at a investor conference this week where he talked about it, right? Right. So his rationale for the move was threefold. So he said, you know, we're getting ready to launch C band in December, right? So we want to prime the base for C band. They now have all of their stores open uh, post-COVID. So their kind of retail gross ads operation should be back on track. And they want to take advantage of the economy rebounding. And specifically, what he had said is that the last six weeks uh, had looked really strong for them. And he, he gave some degree of indication they're beating their internal estimates in terms of Q2 from a net ads perspective. So I thought that was interesting as well. The first three months looked really horrible for them, right? Yeah, I think what's interesting there is you know, the, the industry as a whole generated about a million more postpaid net ads than a lot of folks thought it was going to, despite that influx of new lines and new customers, Verizon was negative from a postpaid net ads perspective, right? So there was a rising tide, but it didn't necessarily 
raise all boats. Yeah, what I would say is that Verizon has the least exposure to prepaid historically. So some of that prepaid, postpaid migration, which he had talked about on the call, they're less exposed to. Be careful what you, what you wish for. You might get it, right? Right. Uh, Well, the the other thing that's happening in the industry that Verizon is not participating in as much is free lines. Yes. Right. So T-Mobile for the last year and a half or so uh, has been giving away the third line for free. They like to talk a lot about their their postpaid net ad numbers. We crunch the numbers on this and a lot of those postpaid net ads that they're bringing in are, are not paid for, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't think that's a secret. And and Ronan threw uh, quite a lot of shade in into the direction of Seattle. He's not as as in your face as the Magenta Brigade, right? But there was no doubt where he said, like, look, the only reason these guys are growing is uh, free lines and upgrades from prepaid. And he also said, like, you know, they love to talk about their positive migration or switcher ratio. Guess what? I am positive against them now. And suddenly they don't talk about it anymore. You know, so so there's plenty of adversity and and, and acrimony in, in this market. Everybody's growing, but are they growing fast enough? You know, I think second quarter we will see everybody grow but you know there's no love lost between baskin ridge seattle and and dallas so the other thing that he talked about that i thought was interesting you know verizon has been very upfront in terms of you know using content to draw on new subscribers right and so he talked about how you know the different there were differences between content on the video side, you know, for, for the Fios footprint and for the mobile side. And the, the, the comment that he made was, you know, more or less that Fios was subscale in the sense that video was, you know, you were taking in $60 in one hand and paying it back to the content providers, that exact $60 back to the content providers on the other side. He seemed to think there was something different going on with mobile, which I thought was interesting because you know, the, the example there is kind of to the contrary in terms of what's happened on, on content with video. So can you talk a little bit about that? I, I know you love yeah. to talk about content. So on one hand, he's right that, that Fios is subscale. And AT&T found that out the hard way when they bought DirecTV. And they suddenly realized, oh gosh, we're paying like $10, $20 more a month for content on Uverse than on on DirecTV. Something's wrong with that picture. So then they went back to the content guy and said, like, we want to have the same price on Uverse that we have on on DirecTV. And they like, sorry, no dice. And that's why everything after that was called DirecTV, just in order to take advantage of the lower price. So Ronan is, in that case, absolutely right. Where I think he will be sorely disappointed is to think that the content owners are nice people that will give him a break. The biggest content providers in this country, Comcast, Charter, Cox, uh, DirecTV, are getting annual price increases from these guys, and they get squeezed to death. There's no margin left. 
we, we've seen this, that there's literally no margin left in content because the content providers want to sell it direct to the customer and not sell it wholesale to Verizon Wireless, who then gives their customers a deal. That's $5 on the table that they're not going to give Verizon. They gave it to them now so that they can go to Wall Street and say, like, look, look, Disney Plus, fastest growing ever streaming service. Can't you believe it? Or can you believe it? And like, how did we do that? Oh, a quarter of these net ads came from Verizon, right? Because we gave Verizon a deal. And that deal will go away. You know, I hope Ronan is right. Uh, we've just seen this movie. If if you think that guys, you know, with 30 million customers are, are you know, he, he's he's not going to get get it, subscale or not. So I thought the positioning there was interesting, right? So he's basically saying that if you're buying content through Verizon, you're using their scale to buy that content at a wholesale price which is a better deal than if you were to go buy it via retail, right? So the increase in plan price, for example, for getting Disney Plus through Verizon is about $10 and you would pay, you know, 14 something for that buying at retail, right? But the point that you're making is that that's great for consumers, but it's not good for Disney. And so over the long run, Disney's not going to make that business decision to really push that wholesale channel when they could be going direct to consumer. Because you would do, you are doing this wholesale agreement if you can't get to these customers either in time or not at all. But Disney, Discovery, all of their Netflix, all of them, their aspirations are global and universal. They want to serve every single person on this planet directly. And so, yes, you're a stepping stone. You help them. They gave you a break. But once they're up on the horse, they're going to give you a kick. Yeah, but I mean, it's a marriage of convenience, right? So, I mean, like one of the things that Ronan mentioned that I think a lot of folks had intuited was that the entry unlimited plans, which you know will give you a trial of some of these things for six months or so, is actually generates less ARPU than some of the you know legacy plans that they're re- replacing. So I, one of the things that he said on this call is that when they first rolled out the entry and limit plans, there was actually some cannibalization of, of plans that were generating more revenue. But that the point here is to get folks to step up to those premium plans over the long run and therefore drive that service revenue increase. Right? Yes, but you know I agree with you that it's a marriage of convenience. But Ronan wants to tell us this is a happy marriage based on love and mutual respect. And I'm sorry, it ain't it, you know? Well, I think we'll see, right? One of the things I think it's hard to, to, to tease out is, you know, are people actually choosing for content versus, you know, network messaging and things like that? Yeah, and, you know, you, and your seventh marriage is the one where you get lucky, right? That's the one based on love and respect after you dumped on everybody else beforehand. So getting back to the promotional angle, we now have AT&T offering promotions to existing customers that are pretty aggressive and, and, and pretty a pretty good deal based on you know historical comparisons. Verizon is offering, you know, by some measure, even better promotions to existing customers now. 
Is this something T-Mobile follows them on? Or you know, do we think that this wow. is now competitive parity? Or, or do you think there's another shoe that drops? Well, it depends on how many free lines they can churn out, right? But T-Mobile is, is, is promoting already heavily as well in the same neighborhood, you know? They're coming in and out, in and out with the, with promotions that are on par with what AT and T and Verizon are offering. So we're already at parity. It was the, like Verizon that was the laggard and the responsible guy. And guess what? The party happened without them, and now they they found the booze. And let's see if the party rolls. Well, I mean, I think that's the, the open question, right? So one of the things they did not announce is an end date for this promotion, right? So it could be something wow. they flip on and off. Uh, it could be something that we could be seeing for a while, right? Yeah, but that's normal that they don't give you an end date or, you know, it ends when when the success ends or, or when they can't afford it. But there is trouble in paradise coming. Right. And it should get very interesting as we look at this for the next couple of quarters. All right. Well, we'll definitely see if those... Uh, Q4 surprises arrive, and we'll keep an eye on it. But that's all we have time for today. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thank you.